welcome to a very special bonus episode of Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen, and each episode, I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office, will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation in the link in the description of this episode. Today, we'll hear from Poto Paramita, an ingenious prep graduate coach and Columbia student, about what students should do if they're deferred or denied admission from their early decision or early action school. Hi, Poto. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. You're a freaking guest, but for new listeners, do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself? Where did you go to school? What do you do at IGP? Yes, absolutely. So I'm originally from Bangladesh, so I applied to college as an international student a few years ago, and I graduated from Wolsey College with a double major in English and Women's and Gender Studies. I am currently getting my MFA in Creative Writing at Columbia University, focusing on creative nonfiction. And at Ingenious Prep, I am both the digital content specialist as well as a graduate coach. So I write a lot of blogs and e-resources on the admissions process, which has helped me gain a lot of knowledge and everything. Also, I help students with their applications. Let's start by just kind of defining some basic terms. So we're talking right now about the early rounds. That means students who applied early action and early decision who are expecting here back in December. What does it mean if they open their letter and they're deferred? So when students apply to college, you know, everyone knows what it means to be accepted or rejected. But there is a third option that is possible, especially in the early round, which is being deferred. So deferral only occurs in the early round as opposed to a wait list, which is kind of the equivalent of deferral in the regular round. And so this just means that colleges want to take a look at your application in the context of the remainder of the pool in the RD round. So they want to see who else comes in and who else sends in their file before they decide whether they want to admit you or not. What are the main reasons that students get deferred? When they're reading your applications, the admissions office made a decision that, you know, you're clearly competitive enough to make the cut. So they definitely don't have any doubts whether you'd fit into a college. But sometimes they're looking to fill certain spots for a particular class. So it varies from class to class. So sometimes they'll be like, oh, we need more business majors or we have enough soccer players, something like that. And it might mean that you might not have made the cut for a specific pool that they were trying to fill for. But they don't want to lose you. They want to see who else comes in, like I said, in the regular pool and then evaluate again. So you know that you're a fit. You know that you're qualified for the school. It's just that in this particular round, they decided that they want to push your you know, decision back and consider you again. So if a student is deferred, what are their next steps? I actually was a guest on the waitlist episode. And similarly, if you are deferred from college, you should definitely let them know that you're still interested. Chances are, if you apply to a school in the early round, this was your dream school or one of your top choices. So you have to take the opportunity to write yourself a recommendation letter and advocate for A, why you deserve to go to the school and B, why you think you're a good fit and the school can help you. So this should also include your most recent accomplishments that you want to tell them about, as well as any changes in grades or any extracurricular activities or things where you've made an impact. So anything that you think would boost the application that they already have on you, you would like to include in this letter. 
And then it should be a short letter, you know, it shouldn't go on for pages or pages, maybe a page, maybe a page in like three lines. But if you can't think of any new information, you just start thinking about what old information you want to emphasize, but rephrased in a new way. Definitely be genuine and honest, but think about why you applied to the school in the first place and advocate for yourself. You should also probably reevaluate your Common App and see if there are any updates that you can add there. Usually students don't change their personal statement drastically, especially if you've been deferred, but it doesn't hurt to take another look. And then you should also stay engaged in events, social media, information sessions to continue demonstrating interest in the college. And other ways to keep letting the school know that you're interested would be to keep in touch. If you had an alumni interview, you should reach out to the alumni, let them know that you were deferred and then you're still interested. And then if you had a similar relationship with an admissions officer, that could also be a person that you keep in touch with. So either way, like if you would still want to be considered by the school, let them know, let them know that this is a school for you. You're still interested. You're continuing to do your research. You're convinced that this is a great college. And of course, keep up your senior grades, focus on your RD applications. This might not work out. And that that is a realistic chance that happens, especially considering how many students apply to college every year and that application number increases every year. So be realistic, but also don't give up. I recently interviewed our colleague, Nick Stroll. He's a former admissions officer from Yale. And he actually enlightened me that if you apply early and you're deferred and they don't hear back from you, they actually might assume that you're no longer interested, that it's no longer your top school. So it really is imperative that you send this letter of continued interest. That's something I didn't know when I was in high school. I got deferred from Yale and I just cried. I just gave up and cried. (laughs) This is like an unsaid thing. I don't think a lot of schools mention that this is something you can do. I know the University of Michigan adds like a question in their portal that allows students to write an essay, but not all schools do that. So it is something that you might not be told about. So make sure make sure you keep, keep them updated. And if a school doesn't have an explicit place like uh, University of Michigan to upload that, where would you recommend that they address that letter? Yeah, usually they students should address the letter to their regional admissions officer because admissions officer do read by schools and by cities. So if there is a particular officer for New York or Beijing or wherever you're from, make sure you address it to that person. And if you can't find a specific, you know, direct location-based contact, you can email the admissions office and they can send it to the right place. And we'll be posting a full template you can use to write your letter of continued interest. So definitely use that as well. I'm also wondering how else would you recommend that students adapt their regular decision admissions plans if they're deferred? How should they, you know, they only have two weeks, but how should they perhaps reconsider, like you said, their personal statement, activities list, their even their school list, and what mm-hmm. constitutes a safety reach target? I think if you've been deferred, you know that the admissions office didn't completely hate your application. And so perhaps the personal statement shouldn't be changed too dramatically. You should give it a read through if something sounds off. If there's like repetition, a small grammar mistake, definitely fix that. You can have someone else take a second look. That also always helps see things that you might not have noticed yourself. As for the activities list, if you've done something since you've applied early, definitely find the space to add in the latest information. If you, you know, achieved an award recently that didn't make it to your early application, add it to your letter as well as to your honors list in the Common App. And yeah, school list, sometimes students think 
that their early school might have been filling a spot like, oh, a large public school or an East Coast school or an Ivy League that they might want to replace with a different institution since this one hasn't worked out exactly the way they planned to. So you should reevaluate your school list, but also you should stay safe. Don't just replace an Ivy League with an Ivy League at a safety or a target school if you're not feeling too confident, because again, you can't predict anything these days and apply early decision too. So now that you're free of that commitment and you've added been added to the RD pool, you aren't bound to attend the other school if you get in. So if there's a second choice you have or a school that you're excited about that offers early decision too, you should definitely, definitely go for it. And a lot of really good schools do have early decision too. Could you tell us a little bit more about early decision too? You know, when are the deadlines generally? How does it differ from the first round? What types of schools offer it? Maybe even list a couple names of schools. So early decision two is usually for students who might not have their had their applications ready by November 1st. And there are a lot of reasons that students don't. They might still be working on their materials. They might wait, want to wait for fall grades. And so the early decision two deadlines are usually around the same time as regular decisions. So around January. So you, they would usually be in the first week of January and the results would come out in early February as opposed to late March, which is when RD school results come up. So for ED2, the difference is that, of course, the deadline, as well as the fact that most schools have already picked students out of the ED1 pool. So they know they have a certain number of students that they'll attend, so they'll take perhaps fewer students, but also they know that these students are ready to commit, so they will see the students at an equally committed limelight. And some of the schools that do offer this are, you know, first of all, U Chicago, very popular ED2 choice, really top school. They actually offer ED1 early action and ED2. So there are a lot of ways to go about applying to the school, but ED2 means that, you know, you will commit if you get in. So they know that you're more dedicated to perhaps than an early action student would. NYU, Johns Hopkins, Emory, a lot of the liberal arts colleges, such as Wellesley, I think primarily all liberal arts colleges in the top 50, except Williams and Amherst, which are the top two. So something like Wellesley or Bowdoin, Colby, they usually offer ED2. Uh, we actually have a great blog on the deadlines of all the schools. So you should check that out to see which schools offer ED2. Yeah, I can link that. And I think this is such good strategy. I feel like like we said with the letter of continued interest, a lot of students' schools kind of stop the college admissions process at like, okay, you submitted your application, like now you sit and wait. But there is still so much strategy left to kind of be utilized between letter of continued interest, ED2 school, emailing the admissions office if you have like an exciting new award that you win in like January. Switching gears, what does it mean if a student is rejected during the early round? That's obviously very unfortunate. It means that the college might not have thought that they were a good fit for the students. It might also be related to how much they might have wanted to take a certain number of students who fit different criteria. Like the early round is where many colleges consider legacy admissions as well as athletic recruitments. So they might have had a particular number of quarterbacks that they wanted to take. And maybe you just weren't the right fit for the school or the time. And you know, maybe some students are interested in music, but they're looking for dancers this year. It shouldn't be a reason to completely give up. Of course, it's sad and not getting into your dream school definitely hurts, but it's far from the end of the line. You already listed a couple of reasons, but are there any other reasons the student might have been rejected during the early round? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the most obvious one is that they might not have met the GPA or SAT score standard the school has. Uh, Nowadays, almost all schools are test optional, but because COVID restrictions have been slightly lifted, many, many students have taken the SAT and I bet majority are sending them in to schools that do accept it still, but are test optional. So make sure if you can, you can take the SAT and send your score in. And if a student's grades don't match up, obviously that puts them a little bit behind everyone else, but it might also be completely different reasons. Often, you know, colleges want to see commitment and fit. And if they see that they aren't the right place for the student, they don't want you to be stuck at a place you might not be happy. And so ultimately it is like, is the school good for you? Are you good for the school? So for example, if you major in business and a college doesn't have an undergraduate business school, they might think that you'd be better off somewhere else or or that you haven't done the research that they don't have an undergraduate business school. Sometimes colleges, you know, like I mentioned, UChicago offer both early decision and early action options for students. And ED is a binding commitment, whereas EA isn't. So it's not a guarantee for their yield. So they know that students aren't required to commit if they're admitted. So they might prefer to take more ED students than more EA students. And that is almost always the case. In comparison to students who are deferred, what are the next steps for students who are rejected during this round? And how should they adapt their regular decision admissions plans? I'd say that actually in the case of rejection, maybe students would want to change their personal statement up slightly just to ensure that it represents their story. If there are any added details that will make the story pop or make it more unique to them, Um, you should also check your activities list descriptions, see if you're outlining your achievements appropriately, like don't undersell yourself. This is not the place to be modest, like brag and, you know, don't sound completely arrogant, but make sure that your achievements show up and demonstrate that you are a qualified student. You're also not free to apply to an ED2 school, as I said. So if your ED1 school offers ED2, you cannot reapply there if you've been rejected in the same cycle. But think about where you would still like to see yourself, you know, a school like NYU or Chicago are still great options. And then an extra set of eyes can obviously help catch errors. So if you hadn't had your counselor or your parent take a read, do that now because they can see things that you might not have seen. There isn't a lot of time between decision day and the January 1st deadlines, but would you recommend students kind of tweak their school list at all if they're rejected? So, you know, maybe add a couple more safety schools, reconsider what constitutes a target school. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the things to consider if a student gets rejected is wondering whether they were shooting too high. Sometimes, you know, Everyone wants to get into Harvard, Yale, Princeton, but not all students might be competitive enough for these colleges, even in the early rounds. So if you knew that you were stretching yourself with your ED choice, it's always wise to reevaluate your school list and make sure that you're on target. You know, go back to the drawing board, do a research, consider where you might fit in with the major of your choice, with the community size and things like that. And the smartest school list will always have a balanced combination of reach, fit and safety schools. So to make sure you get into a school where you'd be content, make sure you would be happy there, but at the same time that you're still qualified. For students who are just really, really set on that school that they applied to early and, you know, they got rejected, but they really still want to go there. What do you think about transferring from a different school their first year or taking a gap year? You know, what are options for students who still want to see themselves at that school one day? 
that's obviously a very tough place to be. I don't think they should give up in the early round to begin with. I think, you know, don't dwell in this cycle. Try for a college that's similar. I'm sure students have more than one school that they're interested in partially, even if not to the same extent. And see if you get into a, you know, different college of a strong stature. That might end up being perfect for you. You never know. So keep applying in this round and see how it ends up in the RD cycle. But transferring is always risky, especially if the student can't prove why they're transferring. For example, I know a student who was, you know, studying engineering at Vanderbilt, which is an incredible engineering program, but the student wanted to transfer to Columbia because that had been their dream school, except Vanderbilt is amazing for engineering, almost, you know, better suited for the student than Columbia was. So they couldn't make that case and Columbia didn't want them. So make sure you choose a school where it makes sense to transfer out of. As for the gap year, I actually have a student who was a reapplicant this year because last year was so competitive. She only got into her safeties and she decided to try again. And she really worked hard her gap year. And, you know, the top seven of the 10 activities on her activities list are gap year activities. And if you can justify your gap year, I think, and that makes a good case, like colleges can see if you applied somewhere early the first time and you're back, you're probably really committed. And if you are, do prove yourself, you know, a stronger candidate and a more convincing fit, it might work out. But I still think that the early round is no reason to give up. Like, don't dwell on this for the sake of your sanity, for the sake of your time. Just like, you know, you have a, only a few weeks before the deadlines for the RD schools, invest your time into making these applications as strong as they can be. Give these schools the chance, give them the, you know, the love and care you gave your ED choice. That's great advice, and I hope we'll hear some good news soon from your student who's a reapplicant. Do you have any other additional words of wisdom to share with students who've been rejected who have been, or who have been deferred? Yeah, I think one of the things students tend to do, especially as December rolls in closer and closer, is they just wait for the results and stop their applications and the work that they've been doing. But you definitely shouldn't do that. Don't drop everything just to hear back. You know, no matter what happens, happens. Like, the hard work isn't going to waste. Like you are building your writing skills, you're building your profile. And if you get in, that's amazing. That's incredible. But if you're deferred or denied, you're, you will be the one who slowed down because of the pause that you took. So, you know, you shouldn't lose hope and excitement if you're deferred or denied. But even if that's the case, know that you will fit into a school that is awaiting you. That's perfect for you. So you know, as cheesy as it sounds, don't give up, like keep working hard, keep working hard in school. That's really important because colleges still will want to see your senior year grades. Thank you so much for joining us today, Poto. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your insight into how to move forward from early decision deferral or rejections. For more information, check out our blog linked in the episode description. If you have a question or would like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on social media with the hashtag Inside Admissions. That's all for now. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.